hello everyone and welcome to the Reformed Dissenters. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, listening to us on our podcasting platforms and watching us. If you're uh, watching our video platforms, we really appreciate that too. Um, my name is Bruce Johnson. I am joined here in South Dakota with my good friend Joseph Lassiter. Hello. And we're joined by my brother, uh, Jacob Johnson, back in Pennsylvania. Hello. All righty. Um, so... Uh, you can share this show with as many people as you possibly can. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, go to our website, which is trdshow.net. Grab that link. Share it with all your friends, um, as many people as you can. And uh, that's where you'll find a list of links to all of the many platforms we are on, just in case we get censored from one or two of them. Also, uh, you can email us at trdshow at protonmail.com. And uh, we'd love to get uh, some emails from you. That would be uh, very much appreciated. Also, if you're listening to this on a podcasting platform, please hit that follow button and uh, give us a five-star review. If you like the show, we'd really appreciate that review. That really helps us grow. Also, um, like this video if you're watching it on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, Gab TV, whatever you're watching it on. Please like the video and uh, subscribe to us if you aren't already subscribed. That really helps us get the word out and helps us know which episodes you like and how many people are actually following us, which is always helpful to know. Also, um, if you could check out our Gab page, we would really appreciate that. And really, it's uh, beneficial to you because that's where you get the whole rest of the show content. We only share, uh, and we only have time to talk about so much on the show, but we share all the extra goodies on our Gab page. So make sure you follow us there to uh, get additional updates, to see our verse of the week pictures, to see all sorts of things. Um, if you haven't purchased the book, the new book that we're doing this week, which is the Confessional County, and we're going to talk about that in a second. If you haven't purchased that book already for yourself, go to our Gab page, gab.com slash TRD show, and that's where you'll find a link to, yes, the Amazon link um, to buy this book. So highly encourage you to grab a copy of this book, read along with us. This week we read chapters three and four, and we're going to be talking about all of that later in the show. If you're interested in hearing us do deep dives, we haven't done one in a little while, but uh, some crazy stuff is happening, and uh, we might need to do some deep dives shortly. Um... You're going to have to follow us on our pro First Amendment platforms, and I've talked about these before, but they include Odyssey, Gab, Gab TV, Rumble, all of the pro First Amendment platforms. So make sure you follow us on at least one of those to get updates for additional content that uh, big tech would definitely censor us uh, for talking about. Um, so our theme this month is uh, what does it really mean to be salt and light in this dark world? So uh, we're talking about a lot of different things and uh, every month we pick a new theme and this month we're talking about salt being salt and light, which is actually um, the theme for the show in general, our, our, our verse, um, the, the verse of our show is Matthew 5.13. So this plays in well with the show's, show's goal in general, which is talking about how to be salt and light, how to preserve this culture that we're in, um, and how to be shining lights, beacons, things that are different that stand out in this culture. Um, today we're going to be talking about the current events as we always do start out by talking about the uh, current events, things that happened since our last episode. And after we do that, we're going to move on to our literature of the month, which as I mentioned before, we read um, chapters three and four in the Confessional County, which is a book written by Raymond Simmons. So we're going to be talking about that book and uh, breaking that down. There was a lot in these chapters and we're kind of trying a different format that we're going to talk about later, which I think facilitates a better, um, better 
discussions and conversations between the three of us. So I'm really excited to try that out. Um, you will get the beta test. You will be the guinea pigs for that uh, uh, brand new system that we've kind of concocted. So we'll see how this goes. I'm very, I'm optimistic and excited. How about you guys? You, you excited? Can't yeah? wait. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Good. At least it's not just me. Okay. Um, our <laughs> verse this week um, is Colossians 4.6. So before we talk about any of those other things, we have to talk about the verse of the week because it really sets up um, the whole episode and sets us up for this week and, and some things that we really need to consider. And uh, Colossians 4.6 says, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And I put a little bit of a, a subtext, subnote, and what I wrote was preserve with love. Um, and uh, when I'm looking for these sorts of verses, I'm always looking, you know, I kind of, I do a word search, of course. Um, we're looking for verses that match the theme. And this was like, oh, it came up under salt, but it didn't really, I was like, huh, I wonder if this relates to the theme. And I'm, I'm thinking about it. And after some thought, I, I realized, you know what, this is actually one of the most important things that we we need to talk about more often, and that's um, preserving with love and actually um, having our speech always be gracious and, and not not um, attacking unnecessarily with our speech. So it's really important that we understand how our speech comes across to the people around us, uh, making sure that it's seasoned. I mean, uh, here it says seasoned with salt. Um, and and part of that also is we need to know how we should answer each person. And I think part of that is individual, answering each individual person. So we need to understand where that person is coming from. When we're talking to people, we need to be empathetic, right? We are all um, creatures created in the image of God, people created in the image of God. We're different uh, and we're all unique. And we need to understand each other when we go into those conversations and be gracious with one another, preserve with love. So I thought that was really important um, and something to consider throughout the show and then throughout the rest of the week as we're um, discussing these sorts of things with each other and, and, and with people in the world. So anything you guys want to add to that or, or anything that uh, stood out to you when I was mentioning that verse or any thoughts on that? Okay, cool. Figured I'd open Crickets. up the floor just in case, but Crickets. yep. Um, all right, so let's get into our current events segment. And uh, Jacob, we'll have you kick things off. I hear you have some really interesting things to talk about. Yeah, so uh, in this week, uh, sorry, last week, I think it was. But um, in these past couple weeks, we had a court decision from the Supreme Court. And so obviously I had to take it and uh, look over it. And uh, we had... A majority win to the side of taking down Biden's vaccine mandate. Hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah. It was a majority vote, uh, six to three. Uh, but even though that seems like good news, I, uh, I'm i going to twist it in the, another way and oh, no. make it seem like bad news. <laughs> okay. But um, <laughs> What do you got? It, it is on the surface a good thing, but... Uh, as I'll go in more here, uh, on the on the, under the surface, it has more uh, problems going mm. forward. Okay. Uh, but first, let me point out uh, the whole system. So it, this involves what what I'm going to be talking about is uh, talking about the position paper that was written. 
and that position paper, the reason it's important is because it sets precedents for later cases. Hmm. And so if a vac- if a mandate in this style or like this, um, if it if that comes up again, uh, this paper will uh, be involved in that. So hmm. if this paper isn't strong, then there is no reason for them to get rid of a mandate uh, that would be potentially harmful. Okay. And so that the, the problems that could come up with that. Yeah. Um, but let me first talk about the whole system as to who writes the paper and how the paper gets written. Hmm. Um, because it, it goes by who is the senior... Uh, judge justice on okay. justice yes on the uh on that case okay uh, or on the majority side so ah. in this case it's six to three um, wow so if this was a five to four vote um clarence thomas who is the best yeah. justice fantastic what um would have written the paper Hmm. However, Justice Roberts, being the senior um, hmm. justice, yeah. went on to the majority, making it six to three. And so now Justice Roberts hmm. writes the paper. Yeah. Now, personally, I don't uh, it from from looking at how it went down. It seemingly looks like this was a calculated decision by Roberts. And it definitely doesn't seem like he had the principles and morals to say that this was a wrong mandate. He didn't have principles or morals to either side. Okay. Uh, so it seemed like a decision that... Correct. Right. And so... And that was in order to stop Thomas from writing the paper. Mm. And Interesting. The, so The next question probably would be... Oh, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. <laughs> I think you know what I'm going to ask, right? So, so why why is it important? Um, what, what are the ramifications of um, him being able to write that sort of a, a paper, position paper? So, do you, do you mean uh, Justice Roberts or Justice Thomas? Either either one. What's the why is that important that a paper be written or not be written in this case? So, a paper will be written no matter what. It just gotcha. depends on who, and so. I think the reasoning behind not wanting Thomas to write it is because typically when uh, Clarence Thomas writes a position paper like this, it is very strong and will give no grounds for such a thing to happen again. Okay. And so going forward, if Justice Thomas were to write the paper, uh, any vaccine or sorry, any mandate like this would immediately be struck down. However, the way Justice Roberts wrote the paper, it is very vague, very broad, and could potentially leave it open for a mandate of this kind to be set up and not seen as unconstitutional. Okay. <clears throat> and... Uh, I just wanted to show a point in the paper that kind of showed what I was saying here, uh, an argument that Justice Roberts made uh, was that this mandate was too specific in the area of 
saying that businesses with only a hundred people, uh, uh, businesses with only a hundred people would have to put in this uh, mandate, this okay. vaccine mandate. Uh, and so th- the reason that argument is weak is because later down on the in the future, uh, the government could put in a different mandate that said any business, no matter how many employees they have, has to put this in. And according to Robert's argumentation, that would be okay. Hmm. Wow. Okay. And so, is, is there any further questions anyone had? Anything to add to that? Yeah. Um, so you you mentioned it was a majority rule, which um, you know six to three. I think you said who who were some of the like. I'm assuming Barrett. Which way did Barrett end up going on that one? Was it good I, direction? Barrett or? was. Um, Barrett was on the good. Okay. Good side of it. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think um, Gorsuch also mm. was on the good side of it. Wow. Okay. Um, however, that that wasn't really the uh, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, and this is something that I wanted to say, um, but Gorsuch and Kavanaugh did go on to the majority side of saying that it was wrong, uh, the mandate, but it seemed in what they said why they did that. It it didn't seem very strong, and their reasonings for doing it was because they didn't want to cause further political uh, tension (laughs) in that um, they, they were afraid of these American truckers coming after them because of this in letting this mandate stay oh so okay all right for them in further in later uh cases like this they may go to the other side and so it it's just not Mm. them being uh yeah principally strong yeah they're just you know yeah and doing whatever they feel helps them in that moment right Right. And, you know, I think part of that actually is part of the system that's kind of built in. That's a feature, not a bug. And in some sense, I think the founding fathers wanted the people in civil government to um, be beholden to the people in some regards in a limited way. Right. I mean, obviously, it's a republic, not a democracy. So the law should be the most important thing. But um, in some ways, the them being afraid of the people and in it does work in our favor in this particular case because they should be afraid of of uh forcing people to get injected with an experimental chemical they should be scared that those people are going to do something to them for forcing them to do that right um so that's good but it's also like well they're doing it not out of good reasons they're they're they they still think that they have the authority to do this to people to human beings uh, that's not the question. The question here is, um, should we do it this time or not, right? <laughs> In this particular instance, mm-hmm. because it's been done historically in U.S. history, right? Um, so, yeah, yeah. And I, I think you yeah. got right to the heart of that. So that's that's good. Yeah, and I think something that fits here is something that uh, Ted Cruz said is that uh, it's good that the people are holding their feet to the fire at some points, but they should be doing the right thing no matter if the people are doing anything or not, you know? Yep. So exactly. Yeah. It's, and, and that's, 
Well, I mean, we talk about the differences between a republic and a democracy all uh, all the time. And I think even in the last chapter of um, um, this, you know, the, the confessional county, we were talking about how it used to be that the law was the most important thing. We, that, that was the standard, right? Not people's feelings, not people, not the mob. It was the law. And that's a good mode. That's a mentality that we should have provided our laws are based on God's word, which they used to be, I think, over a century and a half ago, right? Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's really important. And we, and we've lost that. Yeah. Yeah. So one more thing that I wanted to go oh, over. Wow. One more thing. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it involves, it's within the same, uh, section, but this seemingly good, good thing that happened, uh, with this whole decision. I mean, it is good that the mandate was struck down and stuff. However, there was another vote taken uh, within the Supreme Court, and it was a five to four majority towards the side of Biden's mandate. Hmm. Now, wow. this uh, vote was to allow Biden's mandate to stay in healthcare facilities that oh, wow. get money from Medicare and Medicaid. Ugh. So that mandate will still be in effect and in place. Mm. Wow. Wow. So they're they're lesser human beings. They don't get lumped in with the rest of us. Wow. Right. right. So they're afraid of the rest of us hmm. from standing up, but yeah. the the people who ha- receive <laughs> money from them are Yeah. fine. They're not they're not afraid of them. Yep. Yep. Crazy stuff. Well, Jacob, thank you so much for um, for sharing that. Um, I think there uh, we got a lot of questions about you know a lot of people I've been talking to. It was kind of a confusing um, debacle. The 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 Supreme Court, you know, the decision that was made, the ruling that was produced, and so I'm glad that we've had some time to chat about this with our resident Supreme Court expert. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, what's even more astounding to me is that after the fact. Biden literally just said, you know what, what the Supreme Court said doesn't matter. I don't care. Um, businesses still require it anyways. I don't care what the Supreme Court says. Just do it. Effectively, just like Supreme Court doesn't matter. I know they put all this research into it and actually judged on the matter. But you know what? We don't care about the ruling. Let's throw it all away. I want you to do this anyways. And I'll bet, I mean, we're, we it's too soon to see yet, but I'd imagine most businesses are, are still probably going to do it. And I'm actually going to be talking about um, a business that you would not expect, but is requiring vaccines. And we're going to, I'll talk about that a little later. It's really interesting. Um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. It's, it's really interesting to see that President Biden did come out with that speech of, oh, it doesn't matter, the, that court case doesn't matter. Well, it kind of does because how our founding fathers designed our our government was to have checks and balances over it all so even biden's speech it really his speech actually is the thing that got washed not the 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 court system or the the court case didn't get washed out because of our checks and balances but a lot of people don't are both are willy nilly willing to follow biden that that the checks and balances don't really get to be in play. Interesting. Jake, did you have something to add? Uh, no, no. Sorry. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Def- definitely Joe. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jake, was that it? 
Yeah, so just one one uh, thing I would yeah. like to add that I have a bunch of articles where I got my information from hmm. and I wanted to let anyone know who was looking at them. Some of them are from a uh, from the opposite side. So if you read them and you're seeing wait, hold on, that's that sounds weird. Yeah. Uh the half of them are of the other side, just yeah. so I could formulate an opinion coming from both angles. Wow. Uh, well, thanks for um, doing that. So, <clears throat> yeah. So just just letting you know. But those should be where you typically see our uh, links. Nice. Well, Jake, uh, Jake took the ultimate sacrifice and went on CNN's website <laughs> to give you this data. I think I think that deserves a little bit of a research into this, huh? <laughs> Thank I think you it for was, uh, the ultimate CN sacrifice, Jacob. CNBC. Oh goodness, is the, the website that I went on. But All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for your sacrifice. We appreciate it. It, is, it um, is definitely important to look at both sides of the story. Indeed, Joe always says both sides of the coin, right? Well, there's the two sides to every story. That's right. And then there's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right, Joe, take it away, man. All right. Well, I have a couple not so interesting, but interesting um, <laughs> All right. Uh, things as well. Well, I'll just start it off and say there was a shooting in Philadelphia this past week. Really? Well, okay. It was a carjacker. Oh, um, yes. So what happened was there was this um, Lyft driver who was a 80-year-old male, hmm. and then there's these two kids that decide to, okay, well, this guy is getting out of his car. Let's try and steal his car and take <laughs> his keys at gunpoint. Wow. Well, what does the, the man, what is the man able to do? He's actually carrying a, a pistol on him, ah. and he actually has a license for it, and he's self-defended himself. Nice. Now, I, I'm not quoting anything specific because... Yeah. But I that that's the overall of the story is yeah the kids the moral were is to... if you're in Philadelphia carry a gun <laughs> no no that's well everywhere we should be carrying yeah. a gun I mean <laughs> not go. just Philadelphia right. we according to our constitution I believe I don't think it's been changed yet even though the Dems keep trying to change it it hasn't been changed yet that we have our Second Amendment to mm. bear arms yep so yep. so it if the more of the story is we have the right and we should be using our rights accordingly. Mm. In my, that's my nice. interpretation. Cool. Thank you, Joe. You're welcome. So I, I f figured that was interesting. Oh, yeah. Here, here's, here's a, a story that not a lot of, that you don't see a lot yes. of, of people actually defending the, um, yeah. Defending themselves. Now I, I'm curious gun. to see. I, I should have looked up what CNN said on this. <laughs> I, I'm curious. They probably they, just ignored it. They probably, you know, you're right. They probably did. Anyway, the next thing yeah, that there are multiple, multiple, uh, uh, multiple uh, news things that they do not cover because mm -hmm. they they can't skew it the way that they need. Or they, or the reason why YouTube turned their thumbs down button off was because they were getting so many dislikes. Yeah. Anyway, yep. moving on. Um, the next thing that I found interesting is uh, Fauci's NIAID spent more. NIAID, yeah. NIAID, okay. NIAID spent more than 
thousand dollars to give monkeys transgender hormones Ugh, wow and um that's a headline you never thought you'd say right <laughs> i know i didn't think i would say something <laughs> remotely close which oh would, my goodness what's kind of funny is their their picture for fauci is the big n95 mask in there it, it, it's if you want to take a look it's oh, the, oh the one where he looks like a monkey uh i don't know <laughs> uh you use Isn't your own all the time Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, the the agent approved a two hundred and five thousand five hundred and ninety two dollar a lot grant, of money grant. <laughs> wow. For uh fiscal year twenty twenty two. Wow. To Scripps Research for the study to determine why transgender women have high rates of HIV. <laughs> wow. Isn't yes. it great to know that your money went to that, Joe? It's Isn't that great just such to know a great that feeling? My, my taxpayer dollars yeah. is going for transgender yeah. stuff. Money that they took from us, they used for murdering babies and trying to change people's genders, mm-hmm. trying to be God. Yep, In, yeah, that's wonderful. Um, and it really is. It's they're they're really trying to. Another thing they're trying to do is give the female hormones to male monkeys. <laughs> wow. Wow. Now, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. That is insanity. I feel like they're just trying to create their yeah. They're sci- just like using oh. scientists to make uh, science to make na- uh, nature yeah. be transgender, so that now we have nature's actually yeah. making. Um, yep. Yep. If I can say it in that term, yeah. maybe there's a better term. I don't know. Email us what? if there's a better yeah. term for us. They are trying <laughs> to stretch the limits of how much they can slander God's name mm-hmm. and his creation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Really stretching the limits here. The, the last... Pushing the limits. The last um, news article, and it's not really going in detail. It's just a random comment that I uh, found for a um, headline. And it kind of goes in with what Bruce was saying at the beginning of a show, that people are... Or we could be um, gotten rid of off of YouTube and, and other... Um, not First Amendment. <laughs> Pro First Amendment. Yeah. yeah. Um, like YouTube. Um, there's this guy named Matt Walsh. Uh, got, <laughs> got, got uh, suspended from Twitter over uh, transgender tweets. And if you want to take a look at those tweets, uh, we'll have it in the, the description for you to take yep. a look at the entire article. But nice. it was just one of those things that caught my mind. Oh, um Bruce was saying about how we could get off of the media. Well, let me show yeah. you an example of this other people happens. getting yeah. getting off the media because getting kicked of, off. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we actually got kicked off for yeah. this week because of what we're gonna say. We're we're it's a it's a real badge of honor, Joe. I badge can't of wait. Honor. <laughs> so well, help I, us grow our audience so that yes. us getting kicked off of big tech can happen. <laughs> <laughs> So we can earn that badge, that Medal of Honor. All right. Well, there's my roundup for my news articles for this week. Awesome. Thank you very much, Joe. You're welcome. Appreciate it. All right. Well, I'll try to get through mine kind of quickly. Running out of time with our uh, current events section. So I will um, just go through these. Um, And actually, this is a good time for me to kind of introduce a new system that we're trying out. Um, for some of these things like current events, but also, um, for the literature segment, 
What we're trying to do is a little less scripted and a little more bulleted uh, lists of data and facts and then actually discussing those things. Um, so I kind of started that with my current events segment um, this week. So um, it might be a little, hopefully a little shorter and it'll get right to the facts and it, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'd love, so I, I'd really love to discuss some of these bullet points with you guys. So um, now it's just not us talking and yeah. scripted. It's actually conversation. conversation. <laughs> so uh, my first headline is Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, allegedly argued with an idiot, in quotes, idiot car owner of luxury car showroom hit uh, that was hit by smash and grab theft. Um, and then the city ticketed the owner days later after the argument. Um, so th some of the facts, uh, Joe Perillo, which is the co-owner of Gold Coast Exotic Motors, um, was the guy who uh, Lightfoot was arguing with. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot met with him a few days after several thieves broke in and uh, the thieves smashed several display cases and stole several expensive watches. Allegedly, she got frustrated with him, called him an idiot. And that's alleged. There's some people who say she didn't. Some people say she did. Um, and she just she left. We don't know really what was said. Um, I couldn't find a lot of details on that, so who knows. Um, he then received multiple fines and tickets a few days later, which the Chicago government claims were unrelated to his meeting with Lightfoot. But what really stood out to me was actually what Perillo told WLS-TV, uh, which is a station, I don't know where, I, I've never heard of it, but hey, maybe there's people out there who's like, how could you never hear of this? So I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, Perillo said this in a statement. Uh, he said... Talking about the, the crooks, he said, if they get arrested, they get let go. So how do you intend to ever solve that problem? If they, uh, talking about the civil government in Chicago, don't do anything about this, they're going to lose a lot of businesses. They lost Macy's, he says. They're losing uh, Neyman Marcus. Not sure what that is. Maybe a jewelry store or something. And they may lose this store. That really stood out to me. You know, these people are arresting them and then letting them go. And nothing is really being done about theft, about people stealing from other people, which is a crime, which is wrong, biblically speaking. We know that, right? And even even the secularists know that, that that's wrong. Um, but their solution, because they don't, isn't, it, because they're not founded on a God's word, their solution doesn't work. It's failing miserably. Um, so I, I did a little bit of research this research on this, and the first thing that came up was um, a podcast by Gary North, um, and he actually discussed biblical justice on his show called Acts to the Root, um, and I'll share a link to that uh, uh, episode um, in the description if you'd like to listen to the whole thing. I think it's like a 26-minute episode. It's really good, though. Um, but he says, uh, and I have a little bit of a longer quote, but I think it's really important to read through this. He says, Israel had no jails and no prisons. Even as um, as the kingdom of Judah in Jeremiah's time, uh, for all the idolatrous and pagan practices and injustice introduced by Israel's leaders, she still had no jails or prisons. Really? We know it because when the government needed to stop Jeremiah from preaching, they had no place to lock him up. So they had to throw him in an unused water cistern. And you can look that up in uh, Jeremiah 38. Um, prisons and jails were a pagan practice and they were completely contrary to God's system of justice and social order. Just throwing someone in a room without having that person pay restitution does nothing for that person, does nothing for society, does nothing for the person that they robbed from. There are no, there's no true justice. Everyone at that point is now a victim. 
including the person you just put in a cell, which is an inhuman thing to do to someone. If they've stolen from someone, they need to pay restitution to that person. They shouldn't just rot away in a cell while the rest of us pay for them to sit in that cell. It's ridiculous. It's not justice. So I thought that was really interesting. Anything you guys wanted to add um, to that conversation before we moved on to my next uh, one? Not to mention the the people who do make the crime and go to jail, they they get it way better than the homeless. Yep. It, it, yep. It's, and I've I've heard several stories of some of the people who are homeless. They'll throw bricks into stores store windows break the store windows mm. especially in the winter time when they're freezing cold they'll then someone will call the cops on them and then they'll say hey just take me to jail please <laughs> just yeah. because they're so cold and yeah. they know that if they commit a crime they can go to jail and they don't have to worry about mm. shivering in the cold wow wow yeah <clears throat> yeah it was um interesting our aunt is a nurse in a uh, prison, and she was saying that during this pandemic, the uh, prisoners were not allowed to go outside, so they um, gave them gaming consoles. Wow. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's crazy. They've, they've got life better than even the people outside of prison. Not, yep. Not to mention that. Um... Some of our, our jail systems here in South Dakota have had gaming systems in and TVs in for quite a while. Wow. Yeah. It's like entertainment at its – I mean they, yeah. they have to be locked up, but hey, they can have entertainment at yeah. the end of the day. I'll have to just suffer my five or seven hours of being bored, but hey, in the end, I'll be able to play a video game or, <laughs> or watch TV or something. It, it's uh, crazy. Yep, yep. Instead of actually paying restitution – or mm -hmm. facing the death penalty if it requires that. I'm speaking on that. Are you looking at my notes? Oh, you're going to speak. All right. A little Great. bit. Not much, Great. but a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We covered that in a previous episode too, which which I thought was really good. And we need to have more conversations about that. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, <laughs> well. Okay. <laughs> so um, my next article is... Um, Actually, the headline is a quote by from Dr. Robert Malone, and the Ooh. quote is, think twice before you vaccinate your kids. Dr. Robert Malone warns parents on COVID-19 shots, and I think that's from uh, the Epoch Times. Yes, it is. So uh, definitely check this out because I couldn't get all the information in this time slot, so definitely check that out. It's really important stuff, um, but I'll list some of the main points. Um, Dr. Robert Malone is a virologist, in case you haven't heard of him. Uh, we've mentioned him several times on the show. He's a fantastic um, uh, virologist. Um, but he's a virologist and immunologist who has contributed significantly to the technology of mRNA vaccines. So he's actually attributed as being one of the co-founders of that mRNA technology that uh, the left loves so much. And that really could be significant to the scientific realm if it weren't being used for evil uh, in an untested way right now. <clears throat> Last Sunday, he said, it is clear that parents should think twice um, about vaccinating their child, adding that serious adverse events can occur and can be, and here's his quote, so severe that it puts your child in the hospital. <clears throat> this is serious stuff here. 
And then uh, this is a full-on quote from the Epoch Times article. Malone noted that with regard to myocarditis or inflammation of the heart, there's a good chance that if your child takes the vaccine, they won't be damaged. They won't show clinical symptoms, but they may have subclinical damage. Uh, But the question is, do you want to take that chance with your child? Because if you draw the short straw and your child was damaged, most of these things, if not all of them, are irreversible. There is no way to fix it. He pointed to information compiled on his website, which includes a list of peer-reviewed studies related to COVID-19, um, the vaccine, and the adverse side effects, um, adverse events in children, the main one being my- myocarditis. The website also includes a collection of adverse uh, events reports as well as death reports in the pediatric community submitted to the vaccine adverse event report system that's VAERS. Um, so definitely check through, check out this article and read through some of the things that Dr. Malone mentions. Um, it's really important. It's important that you know what you're injecting into your child and what it will do to them if you decide to go through it. This is really important. Parents have an obligation to guard and protect their children, but they are so used to the civil government doing this for them um, that they hardly spend any time validating what the civil government wants them to do to their own children. So um, so I'm going to leave that there and I'm going to move on to this next article real quick because we are running out of time. <clears throat> but uh, the headline is Focus on the Family Imposes COVID-19 Vaccine Mandate, Leaving Staff and Donors Dismayed. I'm going to read that again because it's insane. Focus on the Family. And if you've never heard of that, that is supposedly a Christian organization based out of Colorado um, that actually produces, um, what is it that they do? Uh, Adventures in Odyssey, I think. They do several um, audiobooks and um, uh, children's books and um, Christian educational uh, curriculum, that sort of stuff. Um, but Focus on the Family imposes COVID-19 vaccine mandate, leaving staff and donors dismayed. We've reached this level. On January 3rd, the president of Focus on the Family, Jim Daly, told his employees that they had six days to reveal their vaccination status. And then this is a direct quote from that article. Daly cited the Emergency Temporary Standard, ETS, implemented by the Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration, that's OSHA, which applies to every business with uh, over uh, with 100 or more workers. The mandate was paused by courts and suspended by the agency, but an appeals court panel in mid-December said the mandate could move forward and it was then reinstated. Businesses were alerted by OSHA that enforcement of the mandate will begin on January 10th of, of this year, 2022. The Supreme Court is set to hear arguments for and against the mandate on January 7th, but Jacob already talked about that, uh, but it has not issued a stay. Therefore, at the recommendation of our general counsel, we need to start implementing the ETS order while praying that the Supreme Court acts. Refusing to do so could cost focus multiple millions of dollars in fines. Yeah, so my analysis of this is that rather than fighting back and understanding what it's worth that it's worth standing up against the bullies who run our civil government focus on the family decided to give in because they were scared christians have completely lost their perspective of who we are and who our king is we roll over at the slightest sense of danger from the world instead of taking christ's final words on earth to heart that's matthew 28 verse 18 where he says all authority in heaven and on earth and on earth has been given unto me focus on the family essentially said nah all authority on earth has been given to the civil government. So they've just caved. They, they don't care about their employees. And probably after the um, Supreme Court 
mandate or Supreme Court uh, ruling came out um, a couple days ago or, or last week sometime after this article was written. Um, they probably walked that back and said, whoops, sorry, okay, you don't have to do it anymore because the Supreme Court said this or whatever, right? Because they were kind of waiting on that. But the point is they were willing to cave. They were willing to give in to the civil government. They weren't willing to stand up and say, you know what? I don't care what you do. I don't care what you threaten us with. We're not going to inject our employees with an experimental chemical or force them to lose their jobs if they won't. So in my book, they've lost it. All right. Let's move on to the literature segment. Um, we're running out of time. So, um, and there's so much we want to talk about there. So um, let's, uh, anything you guys want to add before we move on? Or are you guys good? I'm good. I can't wait. All right. Cool. How about you, Jake? Same. All right. Yeah. Sweet. So let me just take like two minutes. Somebody time me. Two minutes to explain <laughs> um, Explain our new system really quickly. I time you. Oh, Joe's timing me. All right, sweet. Okay, so I get two minutes and go. Okay, so essentially, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to do a set of bullet points, um, some of our key takeaways from the chapters, and um, some of our key takeaways that we thought applied to the questions that we're about to ask. Um, and we're just going to discuss those things. So, um, we're going to kind of go, uh, make it up as we go along, but not make it up because we have our bullet points. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I think it'll be really interesting and I'm excited to try out this new format. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm going to kick things off and, uh, the literature segment, what we're doing this month, we are reading through a book called the confessional County written by Raymond Simmons. We started that in the last episode and, um, we read chapters three and four this week, so we're going to be discussing those. And our first question is, what did you find most interesting about the chapters? So I'm going to walk through some of my bullet points and pause at each one and have Jake and Joe um, give their analysis if they have anything to add to that. So how'd I do, Joe? I did it one in two minutes. Minute. Yes. You did All it right. in one minute. I did it. I speed talked. Okay. Good job. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Let's continue. <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay. So um, what did you find most interesting about the chapters? As a bit of an outline, chapters three and four, I think, kind of set up the same paradigm that we saw in chapters one and two. Um, that same, like, this versus this, right? Chapter three talks about land curses and kind of gives us a bit of a sit rep of America from a distinctly biblical perspective. And then chapter four gives us encouragement and I believe prompts a response from us by showing us our responsibilities now that Christ is reigning over the earth from his heavenly throne. So that's kind of a bit of an outline. That's the dichotomy that I saw. You know, the chapter three is kind of like the sit rep that we saw, you know, earlier. Um, I think in chapter two, I think it was, did the sit rep. And then we have chapter four does the encouragement and kind of resolves that and says, okay, yes, this is where we're at. This is why we're here. Now here's how we fix it. Here's the solution to that. Was that kind of how you guys felt? Did you guys uh, yep. want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, so I I understand that. Um, I didn't necessarily. I didn't realize that before, but now that you're saying that, I I totally see that that distinction. We have the uh, the one two and then the two one kind <laughs> of like, um, and even it could seem like the um, sit rep continues into chapter three. And then finally ends at chapter four, mm. um, if if that's a way to look at it. But yeah, uh, yeah. cool. I think that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was pretty cool the way he's uh, kind of laid that out. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I, I found it really interesting how Simmons discussed the ways in which land curses, which is a curse on society that's both societal and geographical, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that a lot today, um, how they apply to our modern day societies. He discussed Deuteronomy 28 and outlined the various curses mentioned on page 20. Um, those curses were, and uh, this is a bit of a long list, but I'm going to go through it because I think it's important that you all hear this and, and keep your eyes out and alert for these curses, right? These sorts of, of problems that crop up in our society. Okay, here we go. Uh, business failure, that's verse 16. And all of this is based off of Deuteronomy 28. So I'm going to say the verse, but that means Deuteronomy 28, verse 16. Uh, few children, poor crops, uh, few animal per, uh, offspring, that's verse, um, let's see, verse 18. Difficulty in all tasks, verse 19. National disasters, confusion, verse 20. Pandemics, verse 21, fevers, burning, scorching winds, war, mildew, verse 22, drought, which is verses 23 through 24, defeat, which is verse 25, death, verse 26, skin diseases, scurvy, verse 27, insanity, blindness, numbness of heart, verse 28, <clears throat> lack of prosperity, oppression and robbery, verse 29, marital infidelity, verse 30, loss of resources, verse 31, and a lot more. Did you guys want to add to anything, uh, add to that before I moved on? It's just crazy. Oh. oh, it's just crazy the amount of or the amount of land <clears throat> curses we're actually seeing today. I think mm. I I did a underline of all those curses that I could count that I could actually think of and I could count. Yeah, and it was like almost <clears throat> three quarters of all the curses, wow. if not more, are happening today. In that America. are literally happening today. Yeah, as of just in 2021 mm, yeah 2020 and 2021 yeah it is pretty crazy the amount of things yep yeah and and from simmons perspective it's impossible to deny that we are under god's curse right now in america so did you have anything to add jake <clears throat> no no okay um yeah Okay, cool. You were going to say something before, so I didn't want to cut you off. <laughs> um, okay, uh, he adds that the important thing to see is that these curses are on society, not individuals. And that's Deuteronomy 28 verses 9 through 11. Um, so I thought that was an interesting thing to, to note. So, um, Okay, this is a little bit of a larger bullet point, and I'm sure that you guys can pull a lot out of this. I think this is, this is really one of the key takeaways from chapter three. Uh, Raymond Simmons gives four reasons to explain why land curses still apply today. First, he talks about the very first curse in the Bible, Adam's curse, mm -hmm. and how it still affects all of us today, right? We're all under Adam's curse. Um, the land... Uh, has been cursed, and all of us on an individual level suffer the consequences of that curse. On page 22, Simmons adds that creation is getting better, but it is still groaning and will remain groaning until it is completely renovated. And uh, he references Romans 8:22 as the basis of all land, uh, land curses. Adam's land curse is still with us, but in decreasing measure. End quote. Um, anything you guys want to add? Did you have any bullet points that? Kind of matched up with that before I move on to the next, the other three. Um, <clears throat> so I I have points based on specific land curses. Okay. So when we get yeah. down to the specific four four points of land curses, I'll I'll comment on there. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Um. Okay. As his second reason, 
He asserts that land curses apply to us today because even in Israel's time, land curses didn't just apply to them. On page 22, he quotes several verses from Leviticus 18, demonstrating that any nation which broke God's law suffered land curses, which I thought was was really interesting to note. Um, Thirdly, third reason he gives that land curses still apply today is uh, he adds that the Great Commission amplifies the responsibilities of Christians by requiring us to bring God's law to all nations. Uh, This, he said, carries with it the societal blessings of following God's law and the curses for disobeying it. So great blessings to nations that obey God's law, but also those curses Um, will come if you disobey his law. So that was really interesting to note. And then finally, he posits that since Christ reinforced the penalties of the case law, that's uh, Matthew 15, 4 is a good example. And since Christ also saw the law as a whole, Simmons lists Matthew 7, verse 12 as an example of that, it must follow that the curses of Deuteronomy 27 and 28 still apply. So that was a lot of stuff, but I did want to mention all that because those are the reasons for why um, why those curses, why Simmons believes the land curses mentioned in the Old Testament, all throughout the Old Testament, why they still apply to us today. So, um, so I have one more bullet point and then um, we'll move on to the next question. But before I move on, did you guys have any bullet points that you wanted to mention from your uh, reading of the book that related to this? Uh, yeah, so... Uh, a couple things that I bullet pointed and found interesting, and this was both in chapter three and in chapter four. Uh, first of all, uh, I wanted to know all the causes for each land curse, and I would I'm gonna note them in the verse that they come from. Uh, first of all, the killing of the innocent, numbers 35, <clears throat> uh, mm. 33 through 34. Yep. Uh, uh, sexual in- immorality is another cause of land curses yep. found in Leviticus 18. Uh, breaking of the Sabbath found in Nehemiah 13, 17 through 18. And lastly, idolatry found in Leviticus 26. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, something that I wanted to note was that we find this, uh, the majority of these to be in our culture today. First of all, sexual immorality, as we were just mm. talking about the uh, 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 transgenderism yeah. being uh, lauded uh, and praised, and, you know. Yep. Right, right. And second of all, breaking of the Sabbath. I think a good portion of Americans don't go to church. Mm. I yeah. don't necessarily know how many <clears throat> exactly, but I, looking at our culture and stuff, I yeah. would say the majority. But lastly idolatry if Mm. we're not going to church and studying god's word obviously we have an idol in something else yes and so i think those three are easy examples found of these uh causes for land curses so and like bruce was saying before we know that we have curses on our land today and these are even more so showing that yeah, we, we, we do these things and these are causes for land curses. So yeah. no wonder we have land curses today. Yes. And yeah. so another point that I wanted to point out was that not only will a land curse affect um, the nation itself, but it will affect everything else a nation does, even outside of its borders. Mm, yes. Um, I'm glad you brought this up. This is yeah. good. And that, that can be found in uh, Joshua 12, uh, sorry, 7, 12. 
So I'm I'm not going to quote that exactly because I don't have enough time. But <laughs> um, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, another interesting uh, an interesting quote that I found from Chapter Four by Mr. Simmons is. Jesus, as we know, is a prophet, a priest, and a king. Hmm. A prophet brings the word of God. Jesus is actually truth incarnate in flesh. You don't get more prophet-like than that. He purifies his people as a priest. But it takes a king to win a military Hmm. battle to rescue an imprisoned people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this language of imprisoned people... It's very interesting because we see this mention of in the rest of, in in the Bible of Christ setting us free hmm. and how that correlates to being a king. Yeah. Uh, this passage in Isaiah thirty three thirty two shows exactly what I mean. Uh, for, and here it is: For the Lord is our judge; the Lord is our lawgiver; the Lord is our king; He will save us. Yes. Uh, nice. It is quite interesting that. He will save us. That that phrase there comes right after Isaiah saying that God is our king. Hmm. So almost as if saying he is a king. Yes. So then in turn he will save us. Yeah. And so I, I found that quite interesting that that correlation between he will save us and him being king. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, that that whole section I thought was just great, um, but I didn't have enough time to get that in here. So I'm so, so glad that you brought that up and discussed that and you broke that down really well. So thank you for, for bringing that up. Yeah, prophet, priest, and king, three offices that Christ holds. And yeah, that's very good. Um, cool. I, and I did want to mention, yep. Yeah, sorry, Joe. We'll get right to you. I, right. I swear. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> um I did want to mention that uh, if you do have a copy of the book, go to pages 24 through 28. That's where these specific um, curses are mentioned. So um, if you were looking through the chapters and you weren't sure what we were talking about, most of this conversation right now is centered um, around pages 24 and 28. So, all right, Joe, go ahead. So since the topic of the types of curses came up, the I devoted a lot of my time to studying these these four, mainly three out of the four, but I can include all four of them. Um, because I, a lot of the, or a couple of these topics were just, I've already done a lot of research on before. Hmm. So I'm just like, you know what? I can go ahead and explain this a little bit because this is my era. Um, so (laughs) your time to shine. Yes, sure. (laughs) Sure. Um, the, the first curse was due to killing the innocent. Well, the, um, in uh, Simmons book, he does state that, there is multiple types of killing and murder. Um, mm. Like there's murder we just heard about on the the two kids trying to carjack mm. the yeah. yeah possibly could have ended up killing the guy. Yeah, that that's if the guy wouldn't have defended himself and the two kids would have actually killed him. That would have been a form of murder. Yeah, definitely. Um, then there's the other the other type. Um, which is, which could be considered theft, or theft could be considered. But um, the the main thing that is big into our country is abortion. Mm, and yeah, in, in the book, I can't remember exactly where it states is. We won't be able to get rid of or get out of the curse until we get rid of these murders. Yeah, these killings. Yeah, and it really 
got my attention of, oh, we can't just look at getting rid of murder in our uh, country. For one, we can't just say, okay, murder is now illegal. We've tried that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is. <laughs> but we need a we we need to punish those and mm, yeah and until justice is satisfied or just yeah justice is satisfied we're gonna be stuck in this curse yeah. i mean uh and page 24 to 25 simmons simmons uses this god's god always requires blood for blood so until justice is served on murder yeah. these murder trials and stop get um these prisons Prisoners just get let go for murder. Right. Or just we're, put we're, in a room. We're, yeah. we're going to be stuck in a curse. Yeah. But not to mention abortion. Or abortion also is one of the le- leading numbers, I believe. Mm-hmm. So yeah. back in 2018, the numbers of murder, and this is just murder alone, was 16,214. Um, the amount of executed murders which means were punished was 25 wow in the nation that was 0.1 percent 0.1 percent was actually um justice was fulfilled correct yeah now the abortion numbers is going to shock you if you think that's a big number that's a small number compared to Mm. these abortions Uh, in 2018 the abortion numbers were 875,658 wow. in one year. Yeah. Wow. It's it's crazy to even think that oh, let's just get rid of murder. Murder's going to be it. Um no, it really is. We have to get rid of the root cause of abortion. And I also believe or in my own thought process while I was reading is we we won't be able to get out of this land curse. Until we have also, I don't want to say destroyed, but destroyed the fetuses that are used for science labs. I mean, for the... the Until we stop doing those experiments mm-hmm. on them, yeah. Experiments <clears throat> and, yeah. and using those, those products for vaccines. I mean, yeah. if you really think about it, even if we got rid of abortion, if, if we got rid of all murder, all abortion, and we actually got justice for murder... The, the fetuses that were that are used for for vaccines are technically really haven't gotten justice for it in my my mind yeah now I also did a little stat research and to see how many countries actually have abortion legalized in their country and as of 2021 there are 24 countries in which abortion is illegal Wow. Just twenty four. Only twenty four. Wow. And I think last last week we Wait, were talking where about where it's legal or illegal. Illegal. Wow. Okay. Um and then the in thirty seven countries, <clears throat> abortion is legal or is illegal unless it saves a mother a mother's life. Hmm. And now there are six different <clears throat> categories that we'll uh, there's a link we'll we'll share. There there's six different categories of forms of abortion i guess you could say uh, the first one is to save a woman's life um there's another one like our country today there's no restriction on abortion um oh yeah these are categories for abortion um number three is to preserve physical and mental health four is prohibits um it's 
prohibited altogether um, to preserve health and then to, yeah, to preserve um, physical health. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of different... Um, classifications. Cla yep. Yeah, different classifications <clears throat> for the entire world of how they classify abortions and why they are legal or these these regards abortion anyway i'm i'm big onto that topic so uh, the other ones are aren't as big so cool well thank you very much joe mm -hmm. appreciate you uh providing your your expertise on that on that situation yeah yes indeed all right um so let's move on to the second question um but before we do that were there any other points that you wanted to mention really briefly before we moved on jake or joe okay all right. Well, that works out. We got to everything. That's good. All right. Um, man, I'd say this new format is going quite nicely. I like this. I like this a lot better. All right. So next question. What did you find most surprising? That's uh, something you may have heard in a different way, something you hadn't considered that way before. Simmons said it a very specific or unique way. Um, my, my first point is one of the most interesting things in these chapters, in my opinion, was how Simmons applied the uh, land curses from Deuteronomy and Leviticus to our modern society. I thought that was really interesting the way he did that. And um, my second point is that Simmons introduced the idea of geographical land curses on page 28. So definitely check that out. Hopefully you already have a copy of this book. But if not, go ahead to our Gab page now. Grab a copy of this book. And uh, you can pause the show now and then check out page 28 when you get your copy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, pages 28 and 29. He talked about how land curses like the fire and brimstone brought upon Sodom and Gomorrah can easily be, or not easily, I'm sorry, can be escaped by, and then here's his quote, shaking the dust off your feet. And that's what um, Christ told the disciples to do, right, in the New Testament. We're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. Um, shaking the dust off your feet and moving to a different city, county, or country. On page 29, he says, and here's his quote, the cursed house or city is evaluated separately from the whole nation. Cities are judged separately. It will be worse for that city than for Sodom and Gomorrah, and by logical extension, the whole nation. In other words, land curses are not necessarily national. Some areas within nations are worse than others. Therefore, we can also say that some areas are better than others. If a city can be cursed, it can also be blessed. And that is true even if the city exists under a higher civil authorities, end quote. So that should actually give us a little bit of hope. And I, I thought that was really interesting the way that he stated that. Before I go on to my next point, um, did you guys have anything you wanted to, to mention or, or add to that? I just have an yeah. answer to the oh. question too. Okay. But, um, whenever. Okay. Yeah. My turn. Um, so we'll, we'll have Jake go real quick and then, uh, we'll have, we'll have you go, Joe. Yeah. So I really think that is interesting. Him bringing up that point, especially with the, um, the title of this book, uh, confessional County. So mm. it's, it's talking about the smaller, um, subsection yes. and how we can affect the, the small in working our way up. Yeah. And him saying that uh, it doesn't necessarily it isn't always national, that it's it can be a city as well. Right. And going down to that small, smaller area and then even more so that we can affect the county. Yes. And yes, our county can be better or blessed. Um, whereas even other if the country are, isn't. Yeah. Right. Right. And uh, something that I wanted to point out 
uh, that kind of fit with what you were talking about, Bruce, is that um, in Deuteronomy 28, and this was brought up by Simmons, that um, one of these curses that was listed, and you said this, was pandemics. And I really thought yeah. that was interesting <laughs> because that is a specific curse that we can see plainly today. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to bring up this quote um, that Mr. Simmons said on page 18. Hmm. Here it is. Um, we are swimming in land curses today. <laughs> we, have, we have to be if we believe that the Bible's ethics in that God is consistent and just. Hmm. So, yeah. so understanding that what we have done and all of this, it, we would have to be cursed. Yeah. If we thought that God was ever consistent in the Bible, mm. which we know he is. And just, yeah. But I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. I, at a later point, I will go on as to why we have this pandemic specifically and bring up a quote and stuff, but we can continue on with other stuff right now. Nice. Very cool. Thank you, Jake. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, Joe? So th to answer the question of number two, um, what did I find most interesting? Well, on page 30, God, um, Simmons is telling us that, our, and here's the quote for, for on off of page 30, God calls for the destruction of, of a city given into idolatry. How um, And that's the close quote. And a thing that came to my mind when I was reading this is, how close is our country to idolatry? I mean, how close are we to the hmm. destruction of our country? I mean, because of idolatry. Because yeah. of idolatry, yeah. Uh, I mean, look at Sodom and Gomorrah. I, yeah. Granted, they, they were destroyed for other things. But we, our country is big into idolatry now. No one hardly goes to church. Um, we're, we're all lovers of money. And, and so our our country kind of has become a paganistic country. And yeah. how, what, I guess I'm at a, pretty much a, a question that's been asking in my mind is, how close are we to being completely destroyed, mm. wiped off the earth? Yeah. I mean, I don't think we will be, but it's just a, a question that keeps it's coming in my mind. not out of the realm of possibility. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Joe. Mm -hmm. yep. Good good point and good question to start asking ourselves. That And, and that shouldn't make us um, defeatist or pessimistic mm -hmm. or have us then, oh, it's so bad, what can we do? No, what, what we're actually talking about here is that there is hope um, because the counties, cities, individual, uh, uh, towns and cities are judged independently, can be judged independently of the country as a whole. And actually my next point goes right into that. And exactly what Jake was just talking about, Joe, um, kind of plays off of that as well. Uh, later on that same page, the page I was discussing earlier, I think that's page 29. Yeah. 29. Uh, Simmons continues his thought and says, and here's his quote, the message that Jesus was conveying is that some cities are not going to receive the gospel and they will be cursed. The flip side of this coin also must be true then. Some cities will accept the gospel and be blessed. Whether or not a society is blessed or cursed depends on its response to the gospel and obedience to God's commands, end quote. So, um, 
Okay, I, I have two more points before we get to the next question, so we can we can discuss those. My next point is Simmons talks about um, how just moving to the country, like moving outside of a city and into the country, right, um, out and away from cities is not enough. He lists Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 1 to 3, and Jeremiah 19.10 as examples of this. So definitely look those up. Deuteronomy 21, verses 1 to 3, and Jeremiah chapter 19, verse 10. Um, he says that, and here's his quote, God still considers the surrounding countryside to be tied to its parent city. And he adds that, uh, oh, I'm sorry, that's end quote. Um, and Simmons adds that uh, the fact that that very fact should compel us to seek out counties where we can hold righteous county seats and start changing things. So we shouldn't, again, this plays right into that, we shouldn't have a defeatist mentality and just try to run away from it and let the world crumble. That's the opposite of what God's trying to compel us to do. Um, you know, it, it says God chastises those whom he loves. He is chastising us with some of these curses and saying, hey, get on your feet and go fix it. Go change your county. Don't run away. Change it. Go to a place where you can change it. If you're going to run away, run away to a place where you can actually start making a difference, where you can actually fix a county, fix a city. So I thought that was important. Um, I have one more point, but before I move on to that point, was there anything you guys wanted to add in regards to this? I think it was still kind of a continuation of the top of the discussion we just had, but just wanted to double check before we move on. The thing that I also want to ask is how can we move? How are, can we as citizens move away from this idolatry, paganistic country? And how can we be the salt and light mm in in yeah. our country because that yeah. is honestly the reason why yep. we are on this and so um, it's being the salt and light how can we ourselves or how can even you yeah. be salt and light in this and world? i think that's what simmons is warming up to the answer to that question he's setting the precedent for us to ask that question and then he's going to give us some answers but i think he's already given us a few hints here um from drawing from these uh passages right what causes these land curses there were four reasons that he gave and we discussed those earlier right killing of the innocent and and those sorts of things um those sabbath breaking let's see uh sexual immorality sabbath breaking idolatry those are the things that we need to start addressing we need to hone in on these things and actually look and focus on these a lot of people are focusing on killing the innocent um a lot of people are focusing on a lot of areas and we need to hone in on these and that's that's the answer to your question or one of the answers to your question um, for how we start ending some of these curses and, and, and mm -hmm. actually moving away and fixing these things. So, um, okay, my final point for this question. Finally, I want to mention one more thing that I found interesting. On page 33, Simmons brings up some interesting observations from Jeremiah 17. He talks about how in verses 5 and uh, five to 8, God, and then here's his quote, changes the perspective, or I'm sorry, yeah, changes the perspective, end quote. Um and he looks on the individual level rather than the societal level. So I'll say that again. God changed the perspective in verses 5 to 8. Jeremiah verses 5 to 8. Or I'm sorry, Jeremiah 17 verses 5 to 8. God changed the perspective to an individual level rather than a societal level. And this is what God said in those verses. God talks about how a disobedient man can be cursed, verse 5. Then discusses the blessings of an, of an obedient man, verses 7 through 8. Individuals who love God in a cursed land may still find his blessings. So that's really important. I figured that was, that was really important to note. Okay, before we move on to question three, third and final question, anything else you guys want to add? 
All right, cool. I think this has been a really good discussion so far. So thank you. Um, all right, final question. What part of the reading do you think most applies to the theme of the month? And as a reminder, our theme this month is what does it really mean to be salt and light in this dark world? So this whole time we've been talking about land curses. Um, and that is a result of the church not being salt and light. That is the result of us failing to be salt and light. So we'll be, I think, discussing a lot more of that. But the opposite of what we've done in the past <laughs> uh, a century, I would say, would be a perfect way to start being salt and light. That's what it really means. That's a big part of what it really means on a societal level for us to be salt and light. So we're going to get into that a lot more, but just wanted to say that right off the bat. Um, what I got from reading these two chapters is that a large part of us uh, working to preserve culture is us fighting back against the societal sins that Simmons mentioned on chap in chapter three. And that's what I was you know, just explaining. Because Christ is reigning, we have the ability to identify and eliminate societal sins that will lead to land curses. So before I go uh, any further, was there anything that you guys wanted to mention um, about these points? Okay, Jake, go for it. Yeah, so um, this is what kind of jumping off of what I was talking about in question two. However, setting up for this kind of question nice. of... Um, how are we to be salt and light? And kind of going off of what you said at the beginning of this this uh, question, Bruce, how how we shouldn't be. And this is kind of an example of how we shouldn't be. Hmm. Um, but Mr. Simmon goes into uh, why we might have this pandemic and other curses in America uh, in, wh in where he says, um, but what got us into this pandemic? Only God knows for sure which one of our sins caused it. However, the national discussion right before the pandemic was whether or not children should choose their own gender. Yeah. <laughs> nationally, we seem, nationally, we seem to be of the mindset that gender selection is a good thing, something mm. to be extolled. Yep. Isaiah would not approve, however. however. Yeah. And this is a quote by Isaiah. Uh, Woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees, found in Isaiah 10.1. End quote. Mm. As we see that our country's decisions can cause or stop curses upon our nation, and we as Christians should care about what our nation does. Yeah. Uh, in, in, uh, we should care about what our nation does because it directly affects us and the curses yeah. upon us. Yep. Our churches should be involved and concerned about the decisions our politicians make. Right. Because it directly correlate, correlates to the church. Yes. The church Great and members point. inside of the church are inactive in our culture, then our culture will ultimately crumble. It, mm. It's not a question of will if it will crumble. Right. It will crumble if we're not involved. Yeah. And that will directly affect us because there are curses that uh, go on to our nation. Yes. Nice. And so I think the, the question after that is, so then what should we do? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Very good. Very good. Setting up. We're, we're, we're building here. We're this over the past two episodes. I mean, well, last episode and this episode, um, we're, we're building to this question of what do we do? Right. And 
Simmons is going to answer that. We're going to get to a resolution. We've gotten hints, you know, and, and like what you just said, it, it affects us. We've, we've um, discovered that it's important, that, that it's important to the churches, that we can't just sit idly by and do nothing. So now it begs the question, what can we do? And we're going to get to that. Um, we're going to get to that answer in a later episode. So very, very exciting. Thank you. Thank you, Jake, for pointing that out. Um, uh, Joe, did you want to add anything before we moved on to the next no, point? Okay, cool. Alrighty. Okay. So, um, part of the, part of what we're, we're just discussing involves moving to smaller counties and working to bring them under God's law on a societal level, right? When we start doing this, these smaller counties begin to stand out as shining lights, right? Havens, uh, counties that are blessed because they're obeying God's word, right? And that's, that's the light. We talked about salt preserving. That's the light aspect of that. When you preserve with salt, it starts to shine. This, it becomes a light. The city stands out and people start to ask themselves, whoa, why are they so different? What are they doing? Let's study what they're doing. What God do they worship? We want to worship that God. I mean, uh, in church today, um, the pastor just read from Daniel and uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, no one else could tell him his, his dream. And finally, Daniel could tell him and Daniel right off the bat said, this is not my wisdom. This is not because I have more wisdom than anyone else on earth. This is because God revealed this mystery to me. So he gave God all the glory, said, this is why what I'm about to tell you, this is how I'm able to do it because God allowed me to do it. Um, And after he revealed his dream, after he told him what it meant, what the dream was initially, um, because King Nebuchadnezzar didn't tell him the dream. He was like, Daniel, tell me, tell me what my dream was first and then interpret it for me. So it's like, it's like twice the difficulty, right? He couldn't just come up with his own interpretation. He still had to tell him what the dream was, um, which is why he had murdered so many other um, soothsayers or, or, or wise people or whatever, because they couldn't tell him what the dream was because unless God revealed it, none of them could, right? So, so anyways, it's a very interesting story. But at the end of it, King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face and said, I want to worship the God that you worship right? It stood out. It said, what God do you worship? I want to worship that God because no other God could do this. No other false idol could do this. So, um, okay. So, uh, let's see. So yes, shining lights. Um, my next point is a little bit long, but I think there's a lot to discuss here. So we'll try to get through this kind of quickly. <laughs> so Simmons in chapter four talked about needing to remember the king that we serve and to not get disheartened when the work of bringing the nations to Christ is slow going. It will be slow going. It's gradual, right? We're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. The good news of Christ has two sides to it. There's two sides. The first is that with his death, he defeated and then uh, uh, him who had the power of death. And that's from Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Uh, the whole verse is, for, uh, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Okay. The second part, though, of the gospel is that Christ is reigning as king over the earth with all authority. On page 39, Simmons writes, The proclamation of the gospel in the first century was not just about personal salvation. It was also about the kingship of Christ. He could have chosen any theme to end his earthly ministry with. But at the end of Matthew's gospel, his authority was the theme. Jesus told his followers that they would witness to kings for his sake. Um, and that's Mark 13, um, 9, Acts, Acts 9, 15. And it happened. Paul tried hard to convert King uh, Agrippa 
Acts 26 verses 28 through 29. And the apostles and later Christians preached to kings over and against the kingship of Caesar, end quote. He later adds that the problem with Christians was not that they refused to worship Caesar, right? It was that they also called for Caesar to worship Christ. They knew that the way to preserve society was to call everyone from the top down to worship God and follow his law. So just about done. I only have a few points. Actually, I only have one point left, but it's a big one. So before we move on to that, any further discussion points from you guys? Anything you wanted to talk about? I liked I liked for how you brought up uh, how uh, in Daniel uh, showing the dream was exemplifying him as a light, hmm. and that and that directly shows us what it means to be salt and light. Yeah, yeah, yep, yes, yes, indeed. Um, cool, thank you. Um, okay, so my, my final point, a little bit of a big one. I'll try and get through it. I know we're running short on time, so sorry. <laughs> on uh, pages 41 and 42, Simmons goes on to discuss our current age and how it relates to the kingdom of Christ, which is a massive topic in and of its own. But I'll try and summarize some of the main points that he brought up. So honestly, this is a summary. And it's still long. <laughs> there was just so much he talked about. I just, I didn't, I tried to cut some things here and there and summarize it, but I just, I couldn't make it any shorter than this. So I'm sorry, but definitely go to pages 41 and 42 and read through some of this stuff. And really 41 through the whole chapter. Honestly, just read the whole chapter if you've got time. It's all really good stuff. Uh, but here's the summary. On page 41, Simmons starts by saying that right now, Christ is redeeming everything on earth to himself. And he lists Ephesians uh, chapter 1 verse 10 and Colossians 1 verse 20 as proof texts. So he's, he's redeeming everything on earth to himself. Simmons goes on to quote Isaiah 2 verse 2, which says, It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. That's that's Isaiah 2 verse 2. He adds some commentary to this passage on page 42 and says, here's his quote, The last days are not future, but past. Acts chapter 2 verse 17 and Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2 both put the last days as the days already attained by the time of the New Testament. The last days already happened. Since we live now in his kingdom, as Isaiah chapter 2 uh, shows us, the green light, as it were, is on for the concept of the Lord's house being established on the mountains and all nations running to it. The confessional county, actually any society, can become the mountain today. End quote. Finally, he discusses one of the obvious questions any reader might have at this point. Why does this all matter, right? Why does all of this sort of stuff that we're talking about matter? He says it matters because we need to know what we're striving for. We need to understand that all authority has been given to Christ, not just authority over the church, family, or even just the individual, but authority over all governments of this earth, including the civil government. With this in mind, we should be constantly searching for opportunities to implement God's law in society and keep alert for signs that we're failing, such as land curses, as we mentioned earlier, right? Those are indications, warning bells should sign that we're failing at our jobs when land curses, when we start noticing land curses in our society, in our county, in our city, right? We should be alert for these things. And then finally, 
On pages 42, um, until the end of the chapter, Simmons discusses the new heavens and the new earth. And this is a big topic, but I thought this was really important to mention. We see mentioned um, this phrase, new heavens and new earth, in both Revelations, uh, Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, and Isaiah 65. Same, same language is used. He talks about how the concept of gradualism is, is really important to the kingdom and, and the fundamentals of what we're talking about. Gradualism. Um, and Luke 13, chapter 19, um, Christ gives the illustration of a tiny mustard seed growing into a massive tree. Um, and gradually over time, like this is, this is a small thing starts out small and it grows, right? So we, we one County at a time, one city at a time, and it grows into this, this tree, his kingdom, um, Christ's eternal kingdom began at his coronation, his eternal kingdom started when he died on the cross. That was the pivot point. And that's actually what he says at the beginning of chapter four, Christ's death and resurrection and coronation ascension, and then coronation, um, was the pivot point in history. Everything changed from that point back all the way back then through the years. What we're working now is the kingdom of Christ, the eternal kingdom of Christ. And that's really important that we understand that. Um, so there's a lot more to that topic. These are all really, really big things to discuss, but I at least wanted to mention it. Um, and, and seriously, if you have the book, if you, if I would highly encourage you read some of these things, if you don't have the book, get the book. <laughs> this is, this is a really good book to have. There's really important stuff mentioned here. So, um, before we end, um, Jake, Joe, anything you guys wanted to add? Um, I feel like I've been rambling for a while. So what have you got? <laughs> no, yeah, I, I love the points that you brought up. And actually, I, I really liked that in the beginning of chapter four, uh, talking about the pivot points mm. and him just just correlating it and saying the pivot point in America, just showing us an example of it. Yeah. And then and then showing us this, the the absolute pivot point of entire of the entire history of the world. Yeah. Is is that pivot point of uh, Christ's death ascension and coronation yes that's that's really really cool yeah i i like the fact that i mean you have chapter three or here's a an interesting thought process is that chapter three has so many pages what is it close to 20 pages it's all, big yeah <laughs> it's a big chapter let's talk about the curses yeah well then you go into the fourth chapter and it's talking about christ's reign and um, it, it, it's you have bad news and you have good news. Mm. I, I really like how you have lots of pages about the bad news, and then you all of a sudden you get to chapter four, and only you only have nine pages. Mm. Yeah. So it, it, essentially, showing it, there's not a lot that you need to do, or there's a not a whole lot of information of yeah good news that you really need. It's because it's all simplified. Cool. Thanks for that perspective, Joe. Mm -hmm. All right. Awesome. Well, um, I hope you all enjoyed the show today. I know it was a bit longer, but uh, it's just so hard to simplify and shorten some of these things. But I'm really glad we, we got through all of this. And even with our modified, um, I can't imagine how long this would have been if we didn't modify the uh, system a little bit. So I'm, I'm glad we modified it. I think it would have been even longer if we didn't. So, uh, But yeah, well, what did you guys think of the new system? I think it works out pretty well. We had um, a lot more discussions and um, it was really good to, to talk about a lot of these things and get some perspectives from you guys that we might not.
not have gotten before. So I think this is this is great. Um, all right, so to you, the audience, thank you so much for listening. If you've listened to this point, we really, really appreciate it. Don't forget, please give us a five-star review if you're a podcast listener. Also, if you are not a podcast listener, but you're watching us, like us on whatever platform you're watching us on and subscribe to us. Grab our website, which is trdshow.net. Grab that link and share it with as many people as you can. Um, and email the show at trdshow at protonmail.com. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate you watching us and uh, listening to us today. And we will see you next week in the next episode. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do as unto the Lord.